Welcome to the Truth CSGO podcast episode 11. Today we're going to be talking about DreamHack Denver and we will be discussing the very exciting and dramatic group stage of the Epicenter 2017 competition. There won't be a round of the week this episode. There won't be a toxic player of the week. There's too much CS to talk about. Let's get on with it. Are we rushing in or are we going sneaky peeky like? First up, a little bit of housekeeping. I've had some feedback from you guys, including my very first review on iTunes, which is very exciting. Thank you to Justin505k for putting me on the map, on the Apple map. Uh, I think probably more people can see me now. I definitely feel validated. Uh, I feel like I'm not wasting my time. And uh, I know Steve Jobs is out there somewhere and he's seen me. He's noticed me. So thank you very much, Justin. Uh, and uh, if any of you feel like leaving reviews on iTunes, please do. It's good for my soul. Um, now, I also put out a call on Reddit recently about gambling stories. I want to do an episode about gambling and skins and betting because I'm not quite sure. You know, I have some strong feelings about it, actually, to be honest, as, as you would know if you heard the last episode where I told the gambling sites to fuck off. Um, but I'm not quite sure I have all the info. I feel like I'm ignorant about what exactly... Uh, it entails i feel like there's a definitional problem there with gambling and skins betting and stuff and so i want to kind of get to the bottom of that and i reached out on reddit to, to you guys to see if you had any stories you could you, you were interested to share obviously anonymously um in terms of your experiences with betting or gambling or skins or whatever it is so reach out to me uh if you have a story you'd like to share that's uh the truth csgo podcast at gmail.com i'll ask you again at the end i've had a few people responding to me privately and uh there's some interesting stories that are coming out so that might be an episode that'll take a little while to put together but in the meantime i'd love to hear from you um so now in the news this this week i don't really have much here except other than phelps has been released i guess from sk or maybe they've just parted ways with him for the moment and bolts is uh, in to replace him which leaves poor old steel on immortals as the only remaining member of the last well, the last few months debacles. Uh, so Bolt seems to fit in quite well with that team. He has played with them before. He has played with Fallen before. I think he was cut originally. I think him and Steel were on, um, was it Luminosity perhaps before SK? Um, but uh, so there can't be too much learning they have to do there. And he's obviously fitting in quite well already. Um, this particular clip, I think, that was posted on Reddit where um, Cold Zira, who appears to have... Um, decided to become a man without telling anybody was giving um bolts a bit of a nipple cripple so uh nothing like a bit of male bonding to let someone know that um he's part of the team they seem to have been doing okay with him considering they haven't had much practice but we'll get on to that so let's start with dreamhack denver it's old news now but it, it kind of requires a bit of a i feel like i feel like it it, it, it needs a little bit of analysis because c9 won the thing cloud nine and uh if as you'll know if you've been listening i believe that cloud nine is on the up and up and uh so let's chat a bit about it c9 beat mouse sports in the groups big beat renegades which meant that the finals was cloud nine versus big and we haven't seen a huge amount of big since the majors which has led to some people saying that they've just exploited the jump bug to get to the majors but they were obviously 
renowned at the time for for uh, Gob B, who's the IGL, for his strats. He's a very enigmatic kind of character in his interviews, and they've built up somewhat of a cult following. But Cloud9 won this series 2-0. Um, first map was Cash. They beat Big 16-13. It's pretty back and forth. And one of the things that I'm not sure it was a strength or not, but Cloud9 is quite unpredictable. Um, I think that's fairly par for the course with the NA teams. They're, they're often described as puggy, which which sort of suggests that there's a little less discipline with how they play. Um, one of Cloud9's best rounds in this map with an eco where Stewie saved an orb. And with all his teammates on pistols, Stewie gets the ace, which was exactly what they needed and seemed to crush big somewhat. Um, Automatic was a bit quiet. Tarek had some good mid-round calls. All in all, they're looking far more threatening than they were six months ago or even a couple of months ago. Second map was train. Cloud9 went went up to 8-1 uh, and then Gobby had a massive clutch on the bomb train to get him to the 10th round. Cloud9's pace, though, proved a bit too much for Big. Now, Big are quite a deliberative team. Uh, they're thoughtful. God B's obviously descri- usually often described as the mastermind, the uh, the hive mind, the spider mind, the uh, krang, if you will. Um, if you don't understand that reference, you probably weren't born in the 80s like me. Um, so Cloud9 really kind of seemed seem to run over Big with their speed. They, they'd do a lot of rushes, do a lot of fast pushes. Um... They won the map 16-6, and I think that was just because their T-side was just too explosive. And their CT-side was strong enough to just hold up against Big's very careful T-pushes. So, now, I think this is the beginning of the C9 era. I've explained why I thought this was going to be the beginning. But uh, the question does remain, if they can continue this form against better teams, Big is obviously not... I don't think they're in the top 10 right now. They're definitely not in the top 5. Um... The problem is Cloud9 don't really seem that disciplined right now. There was still a very dumb rush from them through smoke on overpass monster versus mouse sports where they got mowed down, uh, I think by ROPS on an ump, a la Liquid versus Phase in the recent, uh, I think it was, was it at uh, Malum, uh, Mykonos? Anyway, seemed like a sort of a, a, an NA thing you kind of have to do in a finals. Well, we haven't rushed through Monster and gotten mowed down yet, and it is a finals, so we better do that for our country. Um, you know, that and that could suggest a few things. It could suggest a lack of discipline. It also could suggest a sort of a lack of ideas, but I feel like there's a panicky mode that NA gets into, and it could be because that's something I associate with them uh, from the old Cloud9 VODs where you get the comms from maybe two years ago uh, back when I think it was um, ESL used to record them and release them and there was sort of basically the the NA guys were just completely panicking you know overcalling things repeating uh, calls to the point of hysteria um, now is Cloud9 like that I don't know but that's what I associate with them uh, with NA teams and that's kind of what I feel like would lead to this sort of a move that, you know, this sort of a panicky, rushed, bad push through smoke. Another reason this this sort of panicky mode might be around is because of, uh, you know, less practicing than their EU counterparts, but also being calm on the day, sticking to a game plan, not getting tilted and losing confidence. But I think, look, I think whether, you know, I, I'm, I'm hypothesizing here, but if they're going to overcome this, I think it's going to be because they've got something to prove.
Uh, I think Stewie's definitely got something to prove. Tarek's got something to prove, and I reckon there's a bit of rivalry going on in that in that team. Uh, I don't know why. I feel it in my bones, though. I feel it in my waters. I think it's going to be healthy for them. Um, Skadoodle's got this status sort of as an old guard. It, in terms of the rivalry, actually, I reckon it. I reckon it probably comes a little bit from automatic. I think. I think he's got a bit of an ego. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good for them. Um, Tarek's the old uh, Skadoodle's the old old dog, so he doesn't really have to prove anything. Um, Rush seems more than willing to be the drawbridge that the others just basically run over. Uh, I think it could be a winning combination, but it's going to require more of those wins, more of these wins, actually, like things like the dream hacks and stuff, to stack them up so that the energy that Stewie has sort of stabilizes, um, you know, becomes solid, builds up a bit of a core, builds up enough of a reservoir so that the next final, let's say they go down in the first map, you know, 16-1 to phase, which is a high possibility, uh, he's not going to get tilted. He's not going to do stupid things. They're not going to get tilted. They're not going to do stupid things. Tarek's not going to panic or let his teammates panic. But a uh, healthy step nonetheless. Um, and uh, obviously has made a new star out of Ian, who seems to be their new manager. On the Cloud9 website, actually, it lists someone else as their manager. But this bloke, Ian, who was in the background, appears to be in the ascendancy RE managerial positions um, at Cloud9. So let's move on to Epicenter Part 1. Congratulations to Cloud9. We'll keep an eye on them. Epicenter Part 1. Now, I've split this into two parts because this is such an epic series thus far. And I got quite excited and started to make uh, a ton of notes about basically every group stage that was played. So I'm heading away next week. I may not be able to get to part two for a little while i thought i'd just cover this off so that i don't end up doing a five-hour podcast to cover this all off to start off with we had machine yanko and sponge on the desk sponge has gone from strength to strength congratulations sponge I feel like you've really relaxed into your role as the desk clown and yanko is actually quite a good straight man for you um <laughs> i think that that pairing is actually working quite well anders and moses uh in this new sort of pairing is working very well I think uh, Semler was starting to sound a bit out of touch anyway, probably because of choice from what I've heard him say. Uh, let's start with VP versus SK. Matt one was trained. VP were looking great. Lost at 16-5. But uh, the more interesting round for me was um, on... The more interesting map, sorry, was Mirage. The next map, SK got off to a crushing start. VP came back. But SK really showed they had the better team play. In a particular round, there was 7-5. SK were A-site, CT... And uh, the bomb was down. Fur and Fallen were CT spawn. And I forget who it was, but uh, someone's watching CT, right, with the AK. Fur jumps off the pipes on, on the right-hand side just at the exact same moment that Fallen peaked with the AWP so that the defender went for Fur and was shot by Fallen. Uh, it was kind of beautiful. They had a stack on the B ramp on train that was similar in its team in its team play, uh, and it really showed up VP, who were just sort of getting single peaks, and they felt like just a bunch of strangers solo queuing because they were all trying to get frags by themselves. Anyway, then uh, they came back 
one ten five, and then sixteen seven. I wonder if this this sort of team play is sort of a friendship thing, you know, flashing for each other, coming up with new strats. I feel like you don't do that unless you love hanging out, you love playing, you love practicing. It makes me wonder what the conditions for creativity are, <clears throat> and I think a sense of play is very important, a sense of freedom and confidence, and. Uh, it's hard for me to imagine how the boys of Mbifi could get that back. Now, if, if you know the results, if you follow the pro scene, you know that VP have gone on to actually have a better tournament than this first matchup suggested would happen. I don't think, however, that's because of innovation. I don't think it's because of creativity. Uh, and I don't think it's because of friendship. <clears throat> it's probably just a deeper... Well, I'll come to why it is. But... Uh, I feel like um, it's possible that, that they might have frozen up. Um, getting paid a shit ton of money kind of sometimes doesn't encourage innovation because you, you, you know, by, 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 by trying the old stuff or by just by, by trotting out the old stuff, the old strats, the old ways of doing things, even if it doesn't work, you, you, well, the team is unconsciously sort of doing what they've been paid for, what they've been contracted for, which means that they're not actually doing anything wrong now i think i've mentioned the form of parenting in this episode or in this podcast before in terms of nip where you don't praise a child directly you praise what a child's done because if you tell a child that they are great as opposed to what they did was great children freeze up because they then become scared of disappointing you when they're in a position of um, <clears throat> already being, you know, praised and feeling good. So VP might actually have sort of frozen in that way, you know, where it's like we're kings of the world, as Taz said, love us, feel us, hate us, whatever it is. Uh, and to go on, go and try a whole bunch of new stuff, you risk that. You really risk losing all of that and you risk doing what what, what it is that, you know, doing the opposite of what we've actually been paid to do, which is just be VP. Anyway, we're going to cover this in a VP episode, and I'll talk a little bit more about that towards the end, but that is on the way. The next one was, uh, next meetup was G2 versus Astralis, and G2 just absolutely wiped the floor with Astralis. First map was cash, and uh, G2 was just way too tough on the CT side and way too aggressive on the T side. Kenny has had a monster map. Australis flashed themselves basically <laughs> every round. really feels like G2 just did not give a flying F. Um, and Australis was somehow a little bit too nervous, a little bit too rehearsed, uh, a little less flexible. <clears throat> And uh, Inferno, basically the same thing happened. The second map, they got pasted as well. Kenny S went 20 for 6. And Device, who was his oppositional orb, went 16-8. Uh, went 6-8. Sorry, went 6-18. Um, and this is supposedly Australis's best map. Now, if you look at the last 10 maps um, between G2 and Australis, G2 have won the last eight matchups, which took me by surprise when I looked at the stat. But... It's pretty clear to see that they're Astralis' kryptonite right now. <clears throat> Maybe Astralis need to stop designing their Jack and Jill labels. Actually, I feel the issue might be that G2 just doesn't seem to have many set plays, many reliable timings for their strats, or at least none that I can really tell by watching them casually. And I haven't studied their VODs, but 
it makes me wonder how like a studious bunch of sort of reactive anti-stratus like Australis is supposed to prepare for them. Glaive is uh, Glaive is notorious for being a, a hardcore anti-stratter, but how do you anti-strat someone who's not really playing strats? <laughs> I've heard Dupree actually talk previously in interviews about you know how important it is for Australis to play their own game, but what is their own game here? I'm not sure that I can really see it right now. Um, <clears throat> let's move on to North versus Liquid. Liquid won the first map. North won the second too. And here is the prime example of what I've been banging on about in terms of the NA scene. Liquid do not have the glue to hold themselves together against a team like North, which, despite their occasional soft touch, I will admit, has a visible identity and a visible hunger <clears throat> to prove something, right? MSL has something to prove. Config Cajun has a hunger of the dropped and dispossessed. The guy who was kicked. Valde, who looks like an extra from The Lord of the Rings, is this sort of happy wunderkind and receives all the adulation uh, as befitting someone who is not Magisk. <clears throat> I'm going to say it now, Liquid, they need to get rid of Stannis Law and possibly JDM or Nitro and get in someone who can actually lead Twist, Elige, and or Nitro and whip them into shape. Uh, someone with authority, someone with a bit of character, someone with vision, um, now, to be honest, I say this not knowing too much about Stannis Law, only the fact that he's had a bit of a, an atrocious <clears throat> you know, part of the year, stats-wise. But uh, it's hard for me to tell exactly what he's adding to that team, um, apart from IGLing. I think he's IGLing right now. <clears throat> it's, definitely not, uh, it's definitely not Nitro anymore. I don't think it's JDM either. Uh, now, <laughs> when it comes to Liquid <clears throat> at Epicenter, there's been a lot of talk about Zeus and his chemistry with a certain female admin whose name appears to be Dasher. Who, this is quite weird for me because I felt like I recognized her. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I've worked with her before in Tokyo, which is a bit weird. I've done some work there with models several times. And I feel like I either worked with her or got like absolutely shit-faced in a bar when she was there anyway. I don't know, but it was quite weird watching this match and seeing someone. I was like, oh, I feel like I know her. Uh, anyway, good luck to Zeus. Next, we on to FaZe versus Gambit. Now, here's where we start to get cooking. <clears throat> here's where we get cooking with the upsets, with the big games. Map one was Train, and i got to say, Hobbit, he's got to be the sneakiest player in CSGO right now. I don't care. Don't talk to me about Phelps. Don't talk to me about Fur. This guy, <clears throat> he's a clever 200 IQ, 300 IQ mofo. Uh, I felt like Train had superior team playing from Gambit. Uh, they got up to a 12-3 half, and FaZe just did not have the structure to give good T-side. Like Carrigan just could not call a good strat here. And it could be that the in-bake structure of being CT means that the CT sides are better here because they did come back. But, uh, ah, I mean, I, I really don't think uh, FaZe should be playing Train right now. Their T side was woeful. Map 2 was Inferno, and, and FaZe actually had a good T side. Uh, I've got to give them that on Inferno. Olaf's just a beast on Banana, on Banane, and uh, obviously Guardian's just a monster on the CT side. They won at 16-9. Uh, and look, 
300 IQ, 400, 500 IQ, perhaps 2,000. He was certified. There was a defense on B site, round 24. Check it out. He is on the terrorist side. He manages to get a, a kill in chapel with a CZ or a CZ if you're Antipodean or British and uh, picks up a smoke from that player and an AK. He throws the smoke down between him and the other remaining phase players who are on the bomb site looking for him, sprays through the smoke, through the coffins, into the player who's defusing, throws his AK down, picks up an M4, continues to spray, kills the guy who's defusing, and then jumps through and kills Guardian who's defusing. <clears throat> now, when he picked up the smoke, I was like, oh, great, what are you going to do with that smoke? But he, blew, he threw it at exactly the right place because the phase players couldn't have jumped through the smoke without making themselves vulnerable to... Um, Hobbit and yet he knew exactly where the bomb was placed so he could just spray through onto the bomb like genius genius check it out if you're a, if you're a regular Inferno player <clears throat> it's a good round and uh, it's also one of those ones where it makes you well, maybe reconsider you know how, the way you use smokes it's not simply just to, to, to block people off from pushing you but it's also to give you a bit of a, a cover if you know where someone's going to have to be, especially for the plant, you'll know where you need to spray. Um, so check it out. Uh, map three was cash. And FaZe actually won that second one. They, I forgot to mention that they actually lost train. So we went on to a third map that was cash. This went into double overtime, uh, like train. Or train went into one overtime. Double overtime because FaZe's T side wasn't really good enough again. They basically rushed B several times without smokes, either being properly deployed or not being deployed at all, which is classic NIP tactics. I don't know why they are <clears throat> taking their cues from that team. But they did manage to take it in the end with a nail-biting last round from Nico, a.k.a. the new Scream. Now, Cash is one of those maps where unless you really have defined roles, your team isn't necessarily going to have great executes because like it's so immediate and small basically the moment you spawn <clears throat> you are you know within within you know 5 seconds you have the potential for an opening kill so everybody basically has the potential to be an opening fragger um now for a team like phase that kind of works quite well i think i think but not not necessarily on the ct side you've got to have a great ct side as well um <clears throat> guardian was the real MVP here. 93 kills across three maps. Uh, absolute monster. I feel like this is the uh, Guardian Aesons. Um Olaf Meister dropped off a fair bit. Don't, not, not sure what happened there. Rain had a migraine and a flu, so he dropped off as well. Perhaps um, <clears throat> Honeymoon's worn off Olaf. Well, it's possible that he just doesn't really have an identity now that the dust has settled on all the hugs and high fives and self-congratulatory, you know, excitement of being in a new team. It's possible that Olaf's not quite sure of where he's going to be playing, how he's going to be playing. He's quite a similar player to Nico in some ways. Um, and and even in the Inferno game, I saw him making pushes on Banana that Nico would usually do. So maybe Olaf's just jostling a bit. It remains to be seen. Let's move on to VP versus Gambit. Uh, map one was Inferno. This went to three maps as well. This went 16-6. Neo and Pasha were beginning to step up. Starting to to play like a team again. 
How? Why? I don't know. 16.6 to VP, which was amazing, right? Map 2, train. VP are actually smiling and laughing. It's like, the, it's, like the, it's like the clouds have cleared and the sunshine just sort of bursts forth. Gambit comes back 16.13, but VP is smiling. It's like, it's like the CSGO of January 2017. It feels like the CSGO I know and love. Map 3, cash. This went head-to-head back and forth. Adren was looking tired. He even went to sleep in a te- technical pause. Um, the guy's face was twitching. Uh, I get a twitch sometimes under my eye, but that's only when I'm absolutely dog shit tired. So it's it's pretty 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 plain to see that uh, Gambit wasn't really up to doing their best work in this map. But uh, Hobbit was carrying the majority of the load. No surprise there. He's uh, basically becoming the most valuable player in Gambit. Full stop. Neo was killing it. And I feel like Moses and uh, Anders really stepped it up with the commentary on this one too. There's a, there's a beautiful friendship there. There's a, there's a beautiful bromance. And I enjoy it. I enjoy it very much. So uh, this was amazing. And, and, the, and the first you know, real victory we've seen from Virtus Pro in a while. Uh, now, whether that was because Gambit was playing sloppy or VP was just stepping up, doesn't really matter because the next matchup was FaZe versus VP, and this has been... That was basically... This is this was the most exciting game of Counter-Strike, exciting series of Counter-Strike I've seen for a long time. Uh, I was torn, obviously, my favorite teams playing each other. Um, so I was constantly laughing and in tears. Map 1, Mirage. Snacks actually pulled the R8 out, as he did, which he also did versus Gambit. But he managed to get a kill here, um, much to the consternation of Hanky G. VP Strats, I have to say, and Mirage are looking stale as an old rusket. They're not talking. They're not doing anything differently. They lose this map 16-3. Get some new Mirage Strats, boys. It's time. Don't just keep going to mid and trying to get some sort of lazy control. Map 2. Uh, VP won this 16-11. Phase's T-side was just lackluster as fuck. Um... VPC CT side was good uh, and their tactics actually seem quite fresh compared to FaZe I should have mentioned this is Cobblestone VP have some great smoke uh, executes on the B site they're stuck really close to each other they're working the refrags very well I feel like this is the kind of map that shows up FaZe as sort of a team of like really skilled puggers you know they, they didn't really have the anti-strats for VP's very solid, very studious smoke executes. Um, and uh, I feel like the backbone here, or how do I say it? The deep pockets, the deep strategic pockets of VP really won out in the end against FaZe in this map. I didn't think it was that they were fragging much better. Uh, I don't think it was that they were more skilled players. I think they just had more plays and more variety in the playbook here. And that's, I guess, the result of being around for, you know, since 1981. Uh, now, by this point <laughs> in the epicenter, the castles are looking pretty burnt out. Sadikus was slumped in his chair, basically looking hungover and uncaring, like the CSGO casting version of the Bormer. If you don't know the Bormer, it's Royal Tenenbaum's famous tennis player, played by Luke Wilson, who has a nervous breakdown in a big match, basically wearing one shoe, throws his racket into the crowds. And it's because he's fallen in love with his sister. I wonder if Sadikus, like the Bormer, has been unlucky in love. 
because he seriously looks like a guy stuck in an unrequited love situation where everything sort of seems gray no matter what your friends say there's a sickness in your gut there's pure speculation of court of course uh henry of court mm, that's a that's a tennis pun uh henry looks strung out because of it which is a shame because i think hanky g he's a class act and uh, it's, it's a shame that uh, Sadika's love life brings him down. Anyway, pure speculation. Map three, it's Inferno. VP, three up, three zero up. Uh, and it occurs to me for the first time that actually FaZe's issue in this situation is probably Carrigan. Yeah, the boys don't look too excited to be there. Nico looks pretty stressed the whole time. Um, could be a sleep thing. And FaZe has been wiping the floor with lesser teams, right? Going 17-0. But when they come up against solid, cohesive teams with strong foundational strats to fall back on, like VP, who, because they haven't been innovating, actually don't really have anything new to throw at FaZe. Just old stuff. Um, and, and FaZe seem to come apart a bit like a, you know, like a tissue in the wash or something. Now, VP were up 13-9. They rush B, get the plant. FaZe storms the site. Rain goes for the diffuse. And Neo jumps up through the smoke for a three-man spray down. This is one of the best plays I've seen all year. If you haven't watched the replay, check it out. Map 3, Epicenter 2017, uh, VP versus Phase, Round... What's 13 plus 9? 22. Round 23, check out the final play by Neo. Beautiful stuff. VP go on to win this 16-13. Neo absolutely bossed. The three maps. Snacks had some good plays. Bialy had some amazing 3Ks, some amazing headshots, some amazing entries. Uh, I feel like uh, I might be too late here now with the Bialy episode. The man's untouchable once again. I'm never going to reach him. It's all over. Uh, Nika whiffed some clutches as well. So I feel like there's a combination here of VP seeing a weakness and stepping up to it, you know? Uh, so they broke FaZe's undefeated streak. FaZe was eliminated from the tournament. Actually, not their uh, undefeated map streak, but their undefeated series streak. And FaZe are completely out of epicenter. One of the biggest events of the year from VP. And uh, VP actually looked happy for the first time in forever. Uh, Taz had a great series. Pasha had a great series. Everyone stepped up. I couldn't be happier. And it's victories like this that make me realize where my heart really lies, you know? Did I get caught up in the in the phase hype? Uh, yes. Uh, is Carrigan a great showman? Yes. But do I enjoy seeing the old dogs win once again? And perhaps, I know I'm going to jinx it by saying this, but perhaps having a little return to form? Yes. So the last uh, matchup was North versus Australis in these group stages. Matt one was Train. And here I'm going to give you a little player tip, right, for the uh, for the listener who asked me to add a bit more of this. Here's a good player tip. There was a moment in Pop Dog. There were two two North players. They're at North on the CT side, and they're in Pop, and they're waiting for Stralis to drop down. One's facing the ladder, and one is watching A main. Right? Glaive is at the top of Pop, and he stands at the very top of the ladder, looking down, toes over the edge, and he throws a flash straight down at the ground below. Not he didn't he didn't throw it up. He threw it straight down to the ground, and then he dropped immediately in front of it, which meant that he caught the players waiting down there when they were turned to the wall because they were expecting that the flash had been popped up in the air first and therefore would have flashed the moment it appeared down the ladder, right? which is how you, people usually flash. So Glaive killed both of them immediately. Check this round out. Um, it's a move that you could very easily do with a, uh, you know, 
even if you're solo queuing in solo queuing in MM, all you need to do is just check the ladder spot briefly, and then throw your flash down and jump out before it. Make sure you throw it to the right of the ladder as right as you can, so that you, even if you, you know, screw the jump up a bit, you're still going to safely land in front of it. Anyway, device went up 24 kills in the first half. Australis closed it out. Device had a monster, monster uh, game. Then Astralis won 16-8 on the next map on Mirage, which was not a mar- remarkable game. But uh, I do feel like Astralis is looking better than they've looked in a while. Um, and god damn, the best of threes really help the stronger, more cohesive, deeper teams come to the fore. I have to say, it's... You know what? It's it's If you're watching it live, it makes for such a better experience. But if you miss it, and then you have to catch up, it's like, ugh! three maps i have to watch that's potentially like three hours of cs that's not even live it's old news so it's it's a mixed blessing but i I think i do prefer it because you do get more of a feeling for the teams that really have the depth um and uh so now in the semis and finals coming up we're going to have sk versus astralis and g2 versus virtus pro and i'll be checking in for another episode once that's done that concludes the epicenter part one section uh, if i had to put my money on who's going to win uh, it's a tough one sk have bolts and they've had a bit of a slump recently australis have, have been having a massive slump over a long period of time however have lately seemed like they're looking better g2 uh won their most recent tournament maybe a couple of weeks ago uh, and absolutely had monstrous rounds, especially against Australis in this uh, in this competition already. But they are known to be quite unpredictable, quite unreliable, and uh, possibly that's just you know the boys smoking one too many cigarettes the night before. Uh, and then of course you've got Virtus Pro, who let's face it, at this point in time, we don't know what they're going to do, um, and it's possible that. If they just stay the course and be the old VP who we know and love, they may get there. Although, you know, like I don't, I don't know if that's actually realistic because, as I was intimating, FaZe don't really have. I don't feel like Carrigan's glued them together properly yet, um, and Carrigan admitted as much. They've been playing nonstop CS since Olaf and Guardian came in they haven't really had a huge amount of time to go okay this is who we are this is their identity these are the roles we're going to play he was talking about becoming a seven map team but he, they're nowhere near that yet um, for instance their, their T-side on train is just woeful so um, you know Virtus Pro playing Astralis playing SK is not the same as Virtus Pro playing FaZe they're, they're two other teams who have have a similar depth to VP, you know, maybe not quite as deep, but they have they have similar strength. The the team like FaZe, that are basically the babies of the scene, even though they're the old guys, uh, do not have. Now, I, I kind of feel that's the same way with Gambit. Gambit have have a pretty strong teamwork and and, and team going going on at the moment, but still don't have the. I don't have the what do you call it? The reserves that VP has, that Astralis has, that SK have. So I think it'd probably be one of those, one of those teams. I don't know if I believe that G2 really has the, 
I don't know. I don't know if G2 really has the staying power as well. Now, I wasn't really into CSGO when Kenny S was stomping all over the world like uh, in the Titan era. Um, so maybe there's parts of that narrative that I'm not really aware of. Uh, and if they end up winning this, um, to me, that will feel like an exciting new era. I'm going to end this here. Uh, don't forget to send me some gambling stories if you have any. And it doesn't have to be you. could be a friend. could be a mate. could be a frenemy. Uh, and it doesn't really ma- matter if you didn't win anything huge or lose anything huge just if it's affected you or you have some particular opinion about it or you have a particular insight. Perhaps you have a friend who ran a gambling site or uh, sued one of them or um, was sued by one of them. Let us know. Uh, so you can let me know on the truth CSGO podcast at gmail.com or through Twitter. You can tweet me at the truth CSGO podcast. And uh, I would very much appreciate if you're on the Twitter to follow me. I only have 13 followers right now, which is woeful, which means that if I email someone like Bialy or Virtus Pro and say, hey, would love to speak to you, they're going to go, all right, who are you? Look at my Twitter and go, oh, what, you've only got 13 followers. Get out of here. Scat. Uh, now, I know there's more of you listening to this regularly than 13 people. So get on the tweets. Show me some love. Share the podcast anywhere you can. Till next time, enjoy the game.